Welcome to Walker Retail Ranger. My name is Walker, a.k.a. The Retail Ranger. It is my job to keep you free from food safety danger. The other is to make sure that stuff gets on the shelf. It's harder than it looks. I can't do it by myself. Now it's time for... Walker Retail Ranger. Boss it. Another Bill McClintock mashup. I liked it. Young MC's Bust a Move and Buffalo Springfield. Good combo, wasn't it? Very good. Thank you very much. Hey, everybody. It's uh, <laughs> episode 67 of the Retail Ranger Podcast. It is Sunday, March 26th, 2023. How are you, Liz? Fantastic. As am I, but I, I am a little forlorn. For tomorrow I return back to my retail rangerhood. Oh, you love it. I know, but I was on vacation for the whole week. <laughs> and that was that was nice. Got a lot of stuff done yeah, around here. Um, I do have a very, very important update. The log. The captain's <laughs> log is no longer in the front yard. Where is it? It's on the side yard. <laughs> but at least we don't see it when we walk up. So we're having some trees removed, hopefully this week. And... uh. I'm trying to drag that charred brick to the back of the house and hoping they can just throw it in the pile when they take the other trees down. They take this one with it. That's the plan. Or we're going to have charcoal chunks all over the backyard because that thing, it is blackened. I mean, when I was I was doing like, uh, you know, the strongman competitions where they're flipping over weird stuff. Yeah. Well, I tried it. I obviously didn't get very far. I got like two flips in. I was like, I am not Angus McAngerson or whatever those guys. They always got those long names. Yeah. Magnus Ver Magnuson. And I'm, you know, Jimmy Jank, the retail ranger. It's not as strong sounding, but uh, it's it's right out the back porch. Like you can see it. It's, it. it's still taunting me, but it's not in the front yard. So technically the log is gone. All right. Out of sight, out of mind until you look out the back door. But hopefully by the end of this week, it'll be gone, 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 gone. Um, so being on vacation, it was a beautiful, beautiful week. Like I got to do a lot of stuff, clearing part of the ranch out. So we're going to get our yard fenced in. And uh, that kind of ties in because guess what today is? What? National Neighbor Day. Nice. Hi, neighbor. <laughs> and we got no beefs with our neighbors. No. But we're putting a fence up. And it's not because we got bad neighbors. It's because we're going to let the Golden Girls run free. Which is, range. It's going to be amazing. I mean, they're, they since we double clipped their wings, they're staying where they're supposed to. But now, hopefully, next weekend, I'm hoping they'll be able to be all over the place. And then I know we're going to have a couple uh, gates put up on the back deck so they don't shop, pop up there and uh, fertilize the porch, yes. we'll call it. Uh, yeah. That is not good. So it's also National Spinach Day. Mm. I like spinach. Me too. I actually had a friend uh, on Facebook who happened to post this morning. Uh, an eggs and spinach breakfast that he made. 
Sounds good. To it me. actually it it looked good at first. I was like, ah, but then I was like, man, that's probably a good combination. Mm-hmm. Nice job, Billy. Not that you listen. Um, it's also <laughs> Good Hair Day, and I will say your hair was on fleek this morning. Thank you. It looked very good. I didn't bother styling mine today. <laughs> My last day of vacation, I just let it do its thing. It was pretty uh pretty puffy this morning though. It looked good. Yeah, I looked like a brush. <laughs> uh, it's also Purple Day, and that's apparently in honor of uh, helping raise awareness to folks with epilepsy. Okay. Um, it is National Nougat Day. As in chicken nuggets? No, nougat, like the candy. Nougat. Oh. Nougat. Nougat, what I need. Uh, but yeah, I like nougat. I love nougat. I don't know what the candy is that I like that has nougat in it the most. But I don't know. It's pretty good. Um, it is also... Like I said, the last day of our vacation. Um, so last night we celebrated and had a dinner out at Texas Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. Megan and Lucas came by. Surprise visit. Well, surprise to you. Yeah. So that was good. That worked out good. But man, they, they cooked the ribeye perfect last night. Yeah, it was so great. That, that was good to, to have that, to wrap that up. Um, today, we just got back from a, uh, man, those one-year-old birthday parties are, are the thing they nowadays. They are so huh? fun. God, we need to have some more one-year-olds in our lives. Those parties are just amazing. And it's cool that they go crazy with them. Um, because well, we're all gonna have memories. I don't know if the one year old's gonna remember, but there's plenty of pictures and stuff like that. And trampolines. Man, that was just nice to have family together. Beautiful day, celebrating. Kids out there playing in the yard. It was just freaking awesome. (laughs) Um, we also did take the opportunity this week. We uh, we rented Cocaine Bear. Oh God. Uh, and I was I remember because I was kind of contemplating because normally a rental's like two or three bucks. This one was twenty. And I was like, man, that's just a lot of money to rent a movie. But then you brought up the point, heck, you buy candy and popcorn, that's 20 bucks right there. Not including the, the price theater, of the tickets. Right. Yeah, if you go to see it. And plus you got the, you can pause it. And got the gas money. Yeah, all that stuff. But anyways, it was a, uh, it was an interesting movie. Oof. There were some cringeworthy special effects, yeah. I would say. That uh, I, I don't want to blow it for anybody, but some of them actually made me, I wasn't scared. I was grossed out. Yeah. <laughs> grossed but funny movie overall and it was really cool seeing ray liotta in his last um movie yeah that was the last thing he had done but that was pretty good uh also i haven't been checking on our uh statistics lately but i did see we are now in the land down under australia nice g'day mate you have to say that and i'm sure it's <laughs> annoying as heck to those australian folk Put some chicken on the barbie. Uh, shrimp on the barbie. Oh. <laughs> Come on. We can't afford shrimp. <laughs> no, no, we can't. And speaking of that, uh, one of the articles we're going to get into deals with something that I have apparently just started to really be anti. And, and I'll, I'll just tease this article, but U.S. retail sales of plant-based seafood is off to a disastrous start this year. And I want to say yay. Of course it I, is. I'm sick of this plant-based crap, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I think that's it for the actual holiday. So what you got cooking there, Liz? Well, brick chicken. Yes. It's really cool. I saw it on a cooking show like years ago Mm -hmm. and they actually spatchcocked the chicken, like the whole chicken. You take the backbone out and you, you flatten the chicken, you you spread it out. out. It's not pretty. And then you put it in a cast iron skillet and put weight on, you put weight on top of it. Usually a brick, right? Bricks or... Whatever. A couple cast iron pans. Yeah. Yep. So instead of a whole chicken, I did chicken thighs. Mm, there ain't nothing wrong with a chicken thigh. I marinate 
that chicken for like 24 hours. Yep. I use probably close to not quite a fourth of a cup of salt. And then I throw onion powder, garlic powder, um, Italian seasoning. You can really put whatever you want to in there. Mm -hmm. Thyme, rosemary, whatever your preference. And I just um, marinated it for 24 hours, then rinsed it off really good, dried it off. Get some olive oil going. You don't need a whole lot. Now, your original pan that you're cooking in, is that cast iron too? Yes. Okay. And when it's hot, you lay the pieces down in there. Now, yeah. it's going to splatter a little bit. Yeah, I remember you squawking about some splattering. Right. Well, <clears throat> I used a couple of different size pieces. It's better to use kind of close to the same size yeah. pieces because I had to keep checking to make sure one wasn't getting more right. done than the other. Uniformity. Right. And then I cut like a little circle of aluminum foil to kind of put on top. So when I put the other two skillets on top to smash it down, the bottom of the pan didn't get all crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah. That makes but sense. where I kind of made a mistake and it's, you know, a learning is a, don't make a circle exactly the size of the skillet. Leave some airspace. Oh. Let that steam get out Did of there. Did you have some jiffy pop action going? I had sound like I was popping popcorn in there. Wow. So, and occasionally you have to add a little bit more olive oil. You know, Is you that safe to add that to a cast iron that's already hot? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. And then when you get in there and you, you know, it's got a good crust and you don't use any flour. So it's its own, it makes its own crust. It, it, it has like a fried chicken yes. skin, excuse me, skin to it, but it's not floury. So you take a spatula, preferably metal and, you know, get those, all those little bits to kind of stay on that chicken, flip it over and then put the, the pants back on there yeah. until it's done. So and usually like two other skillets on top yeah, of it is enough like weight. Heavy. Or does it really matter how much? I guess you don't want to go, but so heavy. Well. I mean, I, I remember you literally had a, an aluminum foil wrapped brick at one point when you first did <laughs> Yeah. This. That was taking it legit. That's just a lot of trouble. Yeah. So, but, I don't know if we even have bricks anymore. But anyways, the cast iron skillets, or uh, I know one time before I used um, a Dutch oven, those real heavy ones, right. and sat that on there. But it's, you know, the only fat that's in there is that little bit of olive oil. It was so tasty. Holy so it's smokes. just so good. And I believe we had mashed potatoes with those. Yeah. All right. Cool. It actually, it originated, supposedly, in Italy. The Roman soldiers used to spatchcock their chickens and cook it with a clay-heavy um, lid on top that smashed it down huh. so it would cook faster. That makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So out, of, out of necessity comes greatness. This is true. And in the comfort of your own air-conditioned house. Just being <laughs> yeah, out there yeah. in the desert. So that was that's really cool. That's what you got? That's what I got. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate that. All right, so let's run back to this. Uh, apparently, the retail ranger is anti-plant-based stuff. And I guess I'm not really that I'm anti it. I just do not like the idea of it. I mean, call me a fuddy-duddy. But uh, this is March 24th, 2023 by John Fiorillo. Uh, U.S. retail sales of frozen plant-based seafood are off to a shaky start this year, suggesting the category is struggling to hold consumers. In January, U.S. retailers sold just over 888000 So we're talking about an industry where you don't hear the millions. We're in the 800000 yeah, right? that's not good. Uh, so they just sold, they sold just over $888,000 worth of frozen plant-based alternative seafood items, which was a 12.1% drop in value versus January 2022. Wow. So people don't want it. That, that's the way it I look at sounds, it. It just sounds... Dude, it's seafood. What? Beef, Come on. Beef sounds bad enough when it's plant-based. Yeah. 
But seafood? Well, I mean, oof. I forgot the name of this website. It was like intrafish.com or something. It was really <laughs> a weird. I was nervous typing it in. Uh, the number of units sold during January tumbled by 24% yeah. versus the year before. So they're just not digging it. And then it says in February this year was no better. Sales of just over 795,000. So it's dropping. We're down 15% from February last year. And the number of units fell by 23%. So January and February this year compared to last year, it's it sucks. <laughs> Let it go. Um, with the negative growth in recent months, that likely means that units and volume will start to drop further in the latest 52-week view. Moving forward, uh, CEO Anne-Marie Rowrink told Intrafish. Yeah, there it is. Intrafish. Intrafish.com. <laughs> Not a sponsor, but it's kind of weird. Um, and it's funny, the initial strong sales start for vegan seafood items during the pandemic has clearly slowed. Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I guess when people were stuck in their houses, they tried all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But th this is obviously not, if you're invested in plant, we're not financial advisors, but if you're invested in a plant-based fish, you got a problem. <laughs> Pull that money out. Uh, remember last week we were talking about Bed Bath & Beyond? Like how they were not paying severance packages and oh, yes. people were quitting before the stores closed. Right. Headline, Bed Bath & Beyond cuts 1,300 more employees. Oh. Uh, hamstrung home goods retailer Bed Bath & Beyond will cut 1,300 more employees, the company announced uh, Friday, as American companies continue to implement major job reductions this year, including massive cuts this week at Walmart, Amazon, and Indeed. A little irony there. Wow. Uh, 572 employees at an e-commerce facility, and keep that in mind, uh, for Bed Bath & Beyond. And then 377 at its corporate headquarters in Jersey um, are going to be cut. Uh, they had announced plans last August to cut 20% 20, 20 of its workforce and close 150 stores. So Bed Bath & Beyond is going down. Uh, speaking of e-commerce, Amazon, yet another 9,000 positions cut mm. last week. I think it was 18,000 earlier in the year. Uh, two rounds of layoffs in January for 18,000 total, then another, another 9,000 this week, primarily affecting its advertising, web services. Uh, here's a job. People experience and technology solutions. <laughs> Peace, you're out. <laughs> Your job title's too long. Um, and then it, the irony here, Indeed is a job-finding app, right? Uh, yeah, that is. A, uh, a round of cuts at Indeed will affect 2,200 of its more than 14,600 employees from, quote, nearly every team, end quote. Oof. CEO Chris Hyam said in a statement, uh, writing that the cuts come as the job market cools following a recent post-COVID boom. Hmm. I haven't seen a post-COVID boom. I'll just <laughs> tell you that. Um, and then he also warns that tech revenue will likely decline in fiscal years 2023 and 2024. Wow. So you kind of heard it here first. Not trying to sound gloom and doomy, but uh, gloomy and doomy, but it's it's kind of weird, especially on the e-commerce site. I mean, Amazon, Walmart, all cutting gigs from those uh, e-commerce places. I, I think that online shopping's still going to be there, but the the us brick and mortar folks are the last bastion of retail. And, and here's the real thing. If I'm about to spend money on something, as a matter of fact, I bought a couple pairs of shoes this week. Yeah. I didn't buy off, on my, buy them off Amazon. I physically went to a retailer. I want to touch them, squeeze them, feel them, smell them. <laughs> All that's, well, yes, I did smell them. <laughs> yeah. um, but if I'm paying hard earned big money, 
I'm more likely to want to see it first. Yes. I mean, you bought a pair of shoes off Amazon. You got to send them back because mm-hmm. they're wrong size. I mean, that's convenience and time and money and all that right. too. But I don't think us bricks and mortar folks are out yet. I hope. <laughs> all right. So here's the next article. Uh, and this is going more specifically into the Walmart thing. Uh, Walmart laying off hundreds of workers at e-commerce facilities. Um, the big box giant joins a growing list of retailers, including Amazon, like we talked about, and Target. Ooh. that are cutting costs. And in this article, it'll go into Target a little bit too. Uh, Walmart is laying off hundreds of employees at e-commerce facilities across the country as the big box giant and other retailers brace for a tougher year ahead. They must be listening to us. Now, when you say e-commerce, tell me what you mean. That's like uh, buying online, online shopping. Okay, okay. So like, you know how you can order at Walmart and go pick stuff up? Right. That stuff's fine. It's the, you order at walmart.com and have it shipped to your house. Gotcha. That's more of the... The stuff we're talking about, kind of like Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, It says Walmart, the nation's largest private employer, is shrinking its workforce as many retailers plan on roughly flat or declining sales. Called it. We've been calling that for Mm -hmm. a while. Uh, Inflation and the shift back to services is taking a bite out of sales of goods, particularly after a COVID pandemic-fueled spending boom. A lot of booms happening. Mm -hmm. People were spending money, eating fake fish. (laughs) Now it's like, Okay, it's real again. Yeah. The price of gas, I read that that's going to start skyrocketing here shortly because our reserves are so low, or we got to tap into the reserves again, or some, something bad. Like, <laughs> I know, well, shoot, I paid 305 a gallon. It's 330 something yeah, already. It like, went it went up a quarter mm-hmm. in a week. Um, just keeping going in the same article Walmart's e commerce rival Amazon announced the 9,000 job cuts on Monday, following the 18,000 in January. Amazon has also closed, canceled, and delayed the opening of new warehouses as some online sales shifted back to stores. Wow. Yeah. Um, And then another competitor, Target, plans to cut up to $3 billion in total costs over the next three years. But And this is funny. Uh, CFO Michael Fidelke said at a February Investor Day that the company is, quote, not backing away from investments in our team and guest experience, end quote. You're going to do $3 billion in cuts, but it's not going to affect the customers or or the workers. How does that work? Yeah, we'll see. I guess if you take care of those, what was that job title? Uh, People Experience and Technology Solution Technician. I guess that might be less of an impact, but I just thought that was funny. It's not going to impact anything. Yeah, it is. A billion dollars a year in cost savings? Somebody doesn't feel that. Uh, A spokesperson for Walmart confirmed that it was cutting jobs at fulfillment centers. Uh, the company said it made the cuts to, quote, better prepare for the future needs of customers. Another, yeah, we're, we're cutting to save money for the customers. Whatever. That's not the way it works. <laughs> uh, I don't see a lot of prices going down. Have you? No. No, no. Uh, this, the decision was not made lightly, and we're working closely with affected associates to help them understand what career options may be available at other Walmart locations. So that's kind of cool. All right. Uh Oh, it says Walmart anticipates slower sales growth and lower profits in the coming fiscal year. The company said last month that it expects same-store sales for the United States to grow between 2 and 2.5%, two and excluding fuel. And why that's significant is they were up 6.6% last year. So hmm. they were up 66 Usually wow. you think you can kind of maintain that, yeah. but they're cutting that more than half. Mm-hmm. They're thinking they're going to do 2 2.5%. Two so uh, Online sales have continued to grow, though at a slower pace than during the peak of the pandemic. Uh, e-commerce sales for, and that's what's funny. E-commerce sales for Walmart's U.S. business rose 12% last year. 
but they're already seeing that they're panicking because they can kind of see the tea leaves or mm-hmm. read the tea leaves that it's not going to be pretty towards the last half of the year. Wow. But it's funny. They were up 79% in fiscal year 2021, the first year of the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> that e-commerce was up 79%, followed by an 11% and then 12% last year. And now they're saying, yeah, it's over. Uh, study shows retailers are revving up for a technology boom. Okay. So we got self-checkouts. There's a lot of automation and stuff happening out there in the world. And I kind of joke, it'd be funny to have somebody, a robot putting up green beans, right? Well, listen closely. <laughs> Grocery and general merchandise stores will be a little behind the curve when, in regards to the technology boom. This is by Bill Wilson, came out March 21st from supermarketnews.com. Uh, the recent 2023 Connected Retail Experience Study, um, in collaboration with Verizon Business, shows that retailers are prioritizing investments in technologies that improve operational efficiency to reduce costs and increase profitability. What that means, if you're not doing your job, you're fired. When you hear operational efficiency, <laughs> yes. it doesn't say merchandising efficiencies. <laughs> Operations is us. Yeah. The boots on the ground. <laughs> uh, real-time inventory management has risen to the top of investment of the investment agenda um, in the face of uncertain supply chain issues that retailers have faced for the last few years. And, and that that's real. I mean, I remember all the stuff we were going through with the supply chain. It was hard to, you didn't know if you were getting something. Right. So a lot of companies are ramping up a lot of their technology to be able to stockpile the stuff they need, Mm -hmm. you know, the highly consumable stuff. Um, But here's some of the the last line on these little, the study thing is is exciting, I'll just say. Uh, The use of AI to improve operations is projected to increase 9x, which I believe that's nine times, uh, by 2025. AI to improve operations operations Mm -hmm. going up by nine times by 2025. So I'm going to be replaced by a robot, everybody. Artificial intelligence. (laughs) Uh, Mobile point of sale or POS and curbside pickup sensors will significantly increase deployment across all retailers, particularly among specialty and department stores. All right. So the, the grocery side, I'm okay for now, right? Right. Here's the last point. While the deployment of robotics for associate tasks is still relatively low, it will increase over the next few years, particularly among grocery and general merchandise retailers. So two years from now, folks, I can just sit at home and do this. (laughs) I've been replaced by a robot. Isn't that funny? No, it's scary. I love when I hear operational efficiencies. (laughs) I mean, seriously, that's cutting everything. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a fun couple of years for us retail rangers. It's going to be more important or more important now more than ever. Nah. Anyways, more important to make sure that your crew that you got is awesome. Cross train the heck out of people that want it. Yes. Because that's everything. As quote AI comes into the play, you're going to need some uh, HI human intelligence to help <laughs> you out here. All right. On a lighter note. You know, we love our chickens. Yeah. They're awesome. All right, this article. 26% of Americans may raise chickens to save money on eggs. Uh, Consumer strategies for fighting inflation are starting to go to the extreme, new study finds. (laughs) I don't think it's extreme that we got chickens. No. Uh, That's just funny. Uh, Chloe Riley uh, wrote this March 22nd, 2023. Record high inflation. 
not getting any better. Uh, and soaring interest rates are stretching the limits of household balance sheets. Do we have a balance sheet? Well, you're the CFO. Well, you're keeping I mean... track of it. Uh, <laughs> leaving many consumers to resort to extreme measures. Yes, including raising chickens that could have long-term implications on their financial health, according to a new study. I say we're doing great with the chickens financially. Yeah. I mean, seriously, the bag of feed's, what, 20 bucks? And now that they're out there free-ranging more, they're eating less feed. Yes, And we're true. getting literally four eggs a day. So mm-hmm. we're getting a dozen every three days. So that's, right. what is it, four bucks a dozen right now? I believe so. We're making money. <laughs> Dude, once we get this fence and we become Walker Ranch, mm, we can get customized egg cartons, <laughs> Walker Ranch, free-range. Not organic, but they are definitely non-GMO. And they're not plant-based. Or are they? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, based on a representative sample of the U.S. adult population, the study found that 35% of Americans are either planning on or have already had to spend cash from their emergency savings. That's scary. I've heard a lot of people say that. And credit card debt's highest that it's ever been, which is scary as crap. Uh, It also says 26% have considered or are already in the process of missing a payment or paying less than what's required on that credit cards, loans, or other debt. It's going to be a show at the end of this year. I'm telling you, you find something you want for Halloween or Christmas, buy it now. Seriously, if you can, stock away or start buying those Christmas gifts now because the money's going to be tight at the end of this year. Um, When asked to identify their most important financial concern right now, 29% uh, said inflation and 22 said, 22% said earning more money. Uh, long-standing core issues like job security, affordable child care, education, health care, obviously still part of the equation, but uh, they're worried about inflation and making more money. 67% of consumers are either planning to or have already cut back on discretionary household spending, and 64% are cutting back on grocery purchases. Well, I can see that because if, if I don't have a list when I go into the store, yeah, I, I buy way too much. I agree. I, I think people are really focused now. I get home and I'm like, oh my gosh, I really didn't need this stuff. Yeah. You know, it's just, I was, I was hungry. Right. Well, which yeah. you're not supposed to do that. You know, that. you're not supposed to do that. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm cutting back on stuff that just isn't absolutely necessary for recipes. Yeah. Well, I think everybody's going to be like that and I'm, I'm probably going to. I obviously don't have a shopping list for this week because I wasn't at the store. I'm hoping there's going to be a pile on my desk when I get back. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be more and more shopping lists as we go because, yeah. I mean, money is real. I mean, the tightness of money right now. Uh, the last little nugget here, while just 8% of respondents said they have raised chickens to produce eggs at home, an additional 18% said they're considering the option or researching how to do it. And, and I'll just say, folks that are going to do it, if you got the space, it does require commitment. I mean, because these are living creatures. They are. You can't just set them and forget them. And they're they're cute. Yeah, and they're they're sweetest little things. Um, but obviously, they got to have good shelter. They got to have fresh water. You got to make sure they got a, a great water supply. Because if they don't get water for one day, yes, they could stop laying. I eggs. read that. Um, and our girls have never run out of water. I care too much about them. But at like seven o'clock every night, I got to go outside and I got to put them at. Well, they're usually back in their little coop. But I got to lock that gate because the creatures we got around here. I don't want my girls getting hurt. Right. So, well, plus in the winter time, that water freezes. Yep. Well, so, we, we bought that water heater thing. Yeah. It's a thermostatic. So, I mean, it is an investment, but once you get set up. Oh yeah, no, I'm. It's styling. totally worth it. And once we get the yard fence in, if we want to get four more chickens, we already got a coop. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got a place to hang out, and they'll have plenty of place to uh, fluff around, <laughs> fluff around, and find out. I, I want a sweatshirt that says that. That'd be funny as heck. 
So I think that's going to wrap it up. Uh, I will go ahead and play that um, stop and bust a move mashup at the end of this podcast if you want to listen to the whole thing. It's pretty cool. I do encourage you to check out Bill McClintock's YouTube thing. He's got a whole bunch of cool songs on there. Uh, it's pretty entertaining. I know Cousin Dave's into the mashups too. I love them. We, we've been, he, he's sent me a couple good ones. I got to keep some from my repertoire. <laughs> we have many more weeks to do this. So, All right, Liz, you got anything else? Nope. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for your continued support, and we will catch you on the flip side. Peace. Peace. Bosses. There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop, children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I think it's time we stop, children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down There's battle lines being drawn Nobody's right Everybody's wrong Young people speaking their minds Are getting so much resistance from behind Time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I think it's time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down
Thank you for listening to us and letting us be ourselves. We appreciate what you do to get stuff on the shelves. Stay safe out there. Do what you can to avoid any danger. Have fun, work hard, and be a retail ranger. You've been listening to Walker Retail Ranger.